Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. Well, today, Franchise Interviews is celebrating our 15-year anniversary. And first, we're meeting with distinguished members of the Purdue University Global Collegiate Entrepreneurs to discuss the movie called The Founder, the story of Ray Kroc, a salesman who turned two brothers' innovative fast food eatery, McDonald's, into the biggest restaurant business in the world with a combination of ambition, persistence, and ruthlessness. In part two, we're going to play a clip of our interview with Maureen Ricaldi, the winner of The Voice of McDonald's. And Maureen discusses her experiences as the winner of The Voice of McDonald's and shares her story of her mom who worked with McDonald's for over 40 years and today is now an owner and operator of two McDonald's. And then in part three, we're going to play a clip from our Great Quotes in Franchising podcast with the great Michael Gerber. And that's coming right up on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. It's smoother than a snow cone and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 15 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. Well, today, Franchise Interviews is celebrating our 15-year anniversary, and today we're going to start our show discussing the topic or the movie called The Founder. Let's go right into our interview. Today, we're, we're talking about a, a great movie. It's, 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 it's become one of my favorite movies, and that movie is called The Founder, and it's the story of Ray Kroc, and Ray Kroc is a salesman who turned two brothers' uh, innovative fast food eatery, McDonald's, into the biggest restaurant business in the world with a combination of ambition, persistence, and ruthlessness. And one of our tasks that, that I mentioned to the group was I said, you know, what are three takeaways from 
the movie. And, uh, you know, Samantha, I'll, I'll start with you. I know, I know it was probably, as you said earlier, you know, there's probably a lot of them. But if you had to list your top three, you know, what, what, did, you, what did you get from the movie? Um, one of the first things I got from it is that, you know, the McDonald's brothers themselves really missed out on a, an opportunity to create their own world yeah. because yeah. they were too set in their ways and they didn't want to adapt and change. Yes. yes. And, you know. Yes. In order to keep your business moving and growing, you have to be able to adapt and be flexible and yes. change with the times as things come in and out. Yeah. It's powerful, Samantha, what you just said, because it's funny. I started reading the um, Walt Disney book um, that I, I kind of recommended to the group. It's a, it's a little bit slow. I'm, I'm listening to the audio version of it. But he, he said, Walt Disney said something that, that you just mentioned about the McDonald brothers. And, and, and a gentleman named Michael Gerber mentioned it to me on my podcast. He said that most businesses fail not because they think too big, but because they think too, they small, think too small, right? Yeah, and yep. as it's like that was kind of like their mindset, right? It was they were kind of I mean, I mean you can't take anything away from them. They created this amazing system that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for them. Yeah. But it seemed like they were content, right? With like just San Bernardino they were content, and that was it. And they had that philosophy and that I think that was yeah. very common during that time was if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yes, exactly. It was safe, wasn't it? Um I think it was yeah. a safe mindset, you know, and, and, and there was probably a couple of different reasons um, that they were that way. But I, I, I thought that was interesting. I think that's, that's a great takeaway, Samantha, because I, I, I got that one as well. Um, what else, Samantha? Did you have anything else that you, you kind of took away um, from the movie? I, then I think the flip side of that, you know, Croc's determination and vision were admirable yeah. because he failed yeah. Plenty of times in yes. various other ventures before this, but he, you know, he never gave up. He kept persisting, yes. right? And he was able to see, say what you will, with tactics, but he was able to yep. see how he could make what the McDonald's brothers had started and weren't willing to right. change and do the changes to make it bigger. Yeah, and take it to another level, you know, and and and, yeah. and that's that's exactly you know, what he did, you know, I mean, it really was uh, amazing. What, what inspires me um, is that I think Ray Kroc was, I, I don't know if they mentioned his age, and I think they did mention his age in the movie. I said he was in his 50s, right? I think he was kind of, yeah. you know, right, it was like in his young 50s maybe. But that's inspiring, isn't it? I mean, he really didn't make it until his 50s, you know, and I, I guess what we're saying also is, is to, to never give up, you know. Um, Colonel Sanders was another example of that. The, I'm sure both of you know, you know, the, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, as I used to know it as when I was a kid, um, and I guess some people call it KFC today. But, I mean, Colonel Sanders, I mean, he really didn't make a big impact until um, I think he was when he started collecting his first Social Security check, and he realized that he couldn't live on that little amount of money on a monthly basis. So he comes up with this idea for Kentucky Fried Chicken. And the story goes is that he pitched the idea. They said it was around 1,000. It was a little over 1,000 people. And so he got 1,000 no's. And could you imagine, like, getting the the response no 1,000 times? You know what I mean? It's just I think most people – probably would have quit, but he didn't. He found yeah. somebody that was willing to franchise the KFC concept, and, and then he got his first and his second and his third, and, uh, you know, the, the the rest is history. So it's kind of inspirational for people. I think a lot of times people think they're too old, you know what I mean, to accomplish something. And I would say you, you, you're never too old, right? Um, and, and, and I think that's a great takeaway, Samantha. That's fantastic. Yeah. And, Anything else, Samantha, before I jump to jump to Sean? Never. Uh, something about relying on it. Don't rely on just a handshake deal. You know, have, yes. it, oh, have big a one. contract, have it documented. Because, you know, he was able to, you know, yep. process, you know, a lot of this was able to happen because yeah. he kind of had a word of a mouth or a handshake deal on this stuff instead of an actual yeah. contract. That was shocking, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's that you know, 
to to do any deal based on a handshake. I I I I, I see what he was I doing. Think it's more shocking because I don't think it's like something that in this day and age where you know. Right. Exactly. And and maybe you know McDonald's is probably a case study for that, isn't it? Of why you should never do business based on a handshake. That we can never, as entrepreneurs, do anything without having a solid contract and, and even what's called like an exit strategy, you know, is how are we yeah. going to exit this business, you know? And um, uh, that's a big one, I think, is, is the whole handshake thing. I think that shocked a lot of people, you know. Um, I think those I think those are great takeaways, Samantha. Um, it's fantastic. How about you, Sean? I know, I know you, had a, you probably had about 40, but um, if you had to narrow it down to three, what were your top three? I want to hit on what Samantha said last. Um, like the, the McDonald brothers, I think, were set in their ways, small-town guys, that the the verbal handshake thing. Like back in the day, if that's just what they did, you know, it was yes. they took your word. And, and right. Ray Kroc, that lawyer he got was when he took it to the next level. When that when right. he was in the bank, at, when he had his house after his wife found out about the mortgage, yeah. yes. he yes. remortgaged the house. And he's sitting there, and that banker's like, no, we're not staying in your credit line. And the guy, right. that lawyer, was sitting there and he heard him. That was a key turning point, I think, in the company, in the yes. whole movie. When he got that guy, and, you know, in business, you need a great lawyer, you know, a great um, yeah. team to keep right. all those contracts, no holes, no cracks. And that's what we found out with the yeah. McDonald's brothers. They, they they trusted and had too much faith, I think, Um which, yeah. okay, I get that. But in business, man, business is business. Um, right. Yeah. It's cutthroat. It's ruthless. There is, you know, it's like playing basketball. Michael Jordan would go on the court and he hated your guts for 40 minutes. Yeah. But afterwards, exactly. he's called me yeah. playing poker with you. So that's why right. I always say never get in business with your friends is because right. it'll never work, right? Right. Um, and I, I wanted to say, like, his vision he had a vision, and he never, ever shied away from that. He stayed true to himself. He stayed true to his ideas, he, his perseverance. So, like you said, a thousand no's, as in Colonel Sanders' story, right. if he would have quit at 999, KFC wouldn't be KFC. <laughs> right. So yeah. that's why yeah. you have to keep going. I'm reading a book right now called Life Starts at 40. I'm 40, and I'll be 41 next week, or this oh. week, actually, in four days. That's great. Wow. But um. <laughs> yeah, so I feel better now than I have ever in my life, even when I was 21, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. So these guys' story are very inspirational. As I was watching this movie, man, I was so inspired. Um, and then his innovation, right? Uh, yeah. The instant mix, right? No one believed yeah. in him but himself. In the, in, the, right. in the end, at night, when you lay down to go to bed, it's just you, unless you have your wife yeah. and, you know, your significant other. But it's you. Right. Um, right. Yeah. Tomorrow, it's just going to be you. If all, if everybody else fails you, you still got you, man. That's why believing in yourself, having high self-confidence, and we saw that in Ray Kroc. In the yeah. end, it was, I don't want to say cocky, but when he was doing that speech in front of the mirror before he was going to go see Reagan, my yes. God, that was so powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was. And so he was four, like, 52. Know. I'm I'm 40. So that that's inspiration in itself. Look at Tom Brady. He's 44 when the Super Bowl's. Yeah, I can never quit, man. I can't quit. So I no. have to be the best I can be. And Red yeah. Sox is a, it, I'm so blessed to be able to watch that movie. It is one of my favorites. Uh, if he didn't get an Oscar, he should. Yeah. Um, but the innovation, so the all paper and plastic when he when he did that, you know, he was all about efficiency. He's that you know, obviously he got that speed routine from the McDonald brothers. Right. But then yeah. he, restructured, he restructured the menu and made it simple. Right. Right. He forced you, almost the customer, to buy what he would, milkshake or a Coke, a fry, and a burger in the beginning. Right. Uh, and then what, what I never knew about McDonald's was his real estate company. They're the largest real estate holding companies in the world right. today. I never knew yeah. that. That's amazing. Yeah. So a lot of that lawyer, don't. man, I don't think – McDonald's would be what it is today without no. that lawyer. I don't think Rex Rock would have taken it to the next level. Right. Um, maybe he would have. We don't need to question it because it is what it mm -hmm. is, right? Right. They're on every block in any city of the world. They, they're in right. every country, every continent. Yeah. But 
Yeah, I was fascinated, man. But then I went to hit on another thing that I just now thought of that I knew this whole time, but it just hit me. The love story and all this. So his wife was very supportive, but then obviously yeah. he was a workaholic, right? Never, always on the road. She kind of didn't give up on him, but, yeah. you know, when he met that guy, that uh, restaurateur, the guy in Chicago or Minnesota, mm-hmm. the, his wife that was playing the piano, right? He, she inspired him. And when he saw her uh, with the idea of the instant mix at dinner, and he drank that yeah. milkshake, and then yeah. they show him having that conversation in private yeah. with each other, yeah. they fell in right. love. Right? Yeah. And then they lived until he died in 84. They were married happily ever after. They, I think you need somebody. I was just thinking, like, your significant other has to be all in with you, man. And yeah. They should inspire you. Uh, they should keep you going. They should always have your uh, back. Um, and I, we saw that with that relationship. Uh, yeah. And that guy knew it. Um, yeah. When he saw Ray Kroc staring at her from the dinner table <laughs> yeah, while she was, was playing the piano, he right. knew it was a matter of time. And then his friends even saw like, man, they're going to be together at some point. I read yeah, that. that was a yeah. powerful scene, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, that was amazing. That movie was I'm, – I'm surprised I never uh, heard about it, but, my God, it's very fascinating. And it's inspiration, man. Uh, yeah. Just to never give up on your dreams. Always keep going. Yeah. Even if the world doesn't agree with your idea, don't ever discount yourself. It, just work towards that dream. Anything is possible, man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm blessed to have been able to be a part of this. Uh, thank you, Dr. Marty. Oh, no, absolutely. It, it, it's, I'm, I'm glad um, that you, Sean and Samantha, you know, liked it so much. It, it, it's funny because, you know, I can tell you, I, I mean, I could watch the movie tonight again if I wanted to. You know, I could watch it yeah. over yeah. and over again. I don't know why. It just, I, I just, I never get bored of it, you know. But it, it, it's interesting, um, you know, what you were saying, Sean, earlier is that, you know, McDonald's, because of that one gentleman, I, I think he plays a part on. He's one of he's one of the characters in the office, you know. But he played a great role in the movie. Um, when he when he said to Ray Kroc that he goes, "You're not in the hamburger business. You're in the land business." And you're yeah, right. You're that was that's what changed everything, right? Because McDonald's, yeah. right? They're in the land yeah. business. When you look at their balance sheet and you look at you know what they own in assets in terms of land, that changed the whole business model, didn't it? I mean, yeah, because it was um, at a point in his life. Like I, that's why I said if it wasn't for that lawyer, he, we, it might not have been McDonald's because that was an important right. life. He was about to lose his house. He was in he was in debt. He was right. he wasn't even yeah. covering his expenses. Right. That lawyer, when they started leasing the land that they bought the McDonald's on, that these franchise, franchisees put their McDonald's on, uh, it changed the game. And now right. they're the biggest real estate yeah. company in the world. I think that's what it said at the end. One yeah, I think it, it said at the end of the movie. Right, yes, I think it yeah. did. Because, right, McDonald's owns, I think they have, and I don't know if they own the land to all of it, but, I mean, I think they're up to, like, Thirty-three or thirty-six thousand units, you know. So I mean, it, yeah. it's probably somewhere in that area. That's amazing, isn't it? If you take thirty-three thousand wow. and multiply it by an acre or two of land, um, I mean, it's it's it, it's astronomical, you know. So yeah. there, there were a lot of people that were involved in the whole thing, you know. It, it, it's funny when when I was thinking of it, there was a lot of things I didn't know before until I actually saw the movie. I didn't realize that McDonald's did start franchising the concept before Ray Kroc even came to town. I, I didn't realize, and if you remember, they had some problems with it. It was called quality control. In other words, yeah. their franchisees were selling hot dogs, right, and uh, barbecue yeah. chicken, and it was just, it, yeah. it was crazy. They just weren't following the rules. So I think they said, you know what? This is, this is just not worth it, you know. But where Ray Kroc took it to another level was – he wanted to make sure that the franchisees that he took on did follow the rules. And I guess the mistake yeah. he made, right, was that he sold a, a couple to his friends. There was that scene on the golf course where uh, he, he was yelling at, he said, what the hell is this? What kind of hamburger? You know, it has lettuce on it. And um, th- they weren't following the system. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the best franchisee, it seems like he got initially was, I don't know if you remember the scene – uh, where there was a gentleman, he was selling Bibles, you know, and he was yeah. selling a Bible in the office. Oh, okay, yep. You remember that scene? And then, yes. and then he, he approaches he him gave and he him says, 
Yeah, he gave him I the chance. I think he reminded him of himself. Yes, that's probably what it was. Yeah. And you, you, you could take any scene from the movie, by the way, and we could probably talk about any scene for hours, but I think that's probably yeah, what happened there was he said, you know what, this is who I need to be going after. You know, in marketing, we talk about, like, yeah, target audience, you know, and, and these guys that he was selling franchises to, that those weren't good franchisees for the McDonald's system. He needed the... The, the average person, you know what I mean? The average yeah. you know, yeah. husband, wife, family, you know, somebody who, who's working really hard but has this tremendous opportunity to make a lot of money if they purchase a McDonald's. And I imagine that if that man was the first franchisee to McDonald's, he must have been worth a fortune, um, you know, by – you know, by the time he sold it, you know, and 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 that was great for him. Um, the 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 scene um, on the tennis court that was one of my favorite scenes too. I don't know if you remember that, but they were they had all these young gentlemen, and they were trying to create the system for McDonald's. The two McDonald brothers, yeah, um, because that's yeah. what yeah, McDonald's jump, really was, right? Yeah, it was, it, yes, it was like the speedy system, you know, and um, yeah. that's why that's why you know. They, the McDonald's brothers purchased, they purchased eight, I think it was eight milkshake machines from Ray Kroc. Yeah. Yeah. Ray Kroc, right, he was having a hard time selling these things. He, he couldn't sell them to the average uh, restaurateur, but these McDonald's brothers, they agreed with Ray Kroc's philosophy. The more supply they had, the more milkshakes they could sell, and the more uh, burgers they had, the more that they could sell, and, and, and it worked, you know, and that's why... They they became initially probably it was, it was his biggest sale to sell eight of these machines in one location. Um, yeah. But you know, the whole system, you know, of just systematizing it on the on the on the the, the, the tennis uh, court was just. Um, I love that scene as well. You know, I thought that it was is, terrific. Yeah, a good scene. It was. It was fantastic, Smith. I, I've showed that to um, I've showed that to um, my students in the past. You know that I've worked with when we talk about you know um, processes and systems and things like that. It's 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 a great model um, to 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 show to people. You know, but um, I think I think those are great takeaways. If for anyone who's listening to this again, if you haven't seen the movie, um, you know Samantha, Sean, and I could would certainly. Say it's it's not a waste of time, is it, to watch the movie? I mean, definitely um, not. Right? I think you'll get everybody can get something out of it, Samantha, from a business perspective or um, a life get perspective. Probably something different every, every time you can yes, watch exactly. it again and again and take away something <laughs> that you didn't take away. Exactly. Exactly. It's funny because I feel like, like watching it again tonight after talking to both of you. You know, like what I, I mean? said, so, we can have this conversation tomorrow. And, right, and yeah. it'll be a totally different conversation, and we'll pick up something yeah. else. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it really is classic. I, I would love to be able to show it to to my students in the classroom, but you know, there's copyright issues and things like that, of yeah. course. But um, you know, but nevertheless, I mean, it was it was great. So I, I was so happy, you know, that both of you you know, decided to participate in this, you know. Coming up in segment two, we're going to play a clip from our interview with Maureen Ricaldi, the winner of The Voice of McDonald's, and that's coming right up on Franchise Interviews. Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. 
We will teach. Franchise teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. Franchisers, are you looking to reach aspiring entrepreneurs looking to buy a franchise? Are you looking to reach a highly educated audience on franchising? For over eight years, Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship through our website, FranchiseInterviews.com, where you can hear and read interviews as well as get tips from some of the most successful sources in franchising. Our weekly franchise radio show where each week you get to hear a new interview with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts and attorneys, and our podcast, Great Quotes in Franchising. For more information, go to FranchiseInterviews.com or call us at 610-905-2919. That's 610-905-2919. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Point, you know, and I mean, how did you even get like involved in, in music, Maureen? I mean, I always, you know, I think as as people, we all want to be rock stars one day. You know what I mean? And we all want to be able to sing. And all of us tried singing in the mirror or the shower, you know, and, and it just doesn't work. But you have that talent. I mean, did you know at such an early age you wanted to sing? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been singing since I was three years old. So it's been wow. quite a bit of years that I've been singing. Um, and really, it all kind of started with uh, just, I mean, it was out of nowhere, really. I just started singing one day, and my family heard something, mm-hmm. and they have been supportive from day one. I mean, my mom has been such an incredible role model to me, and yeah. and uh, I guess I can go a little bit into the McDonald's story. You were saying yeah, that I'd like I to hear that. Yeah, you were saying that I put 100% into everything I do, and I think I owe a lot of that to, you know, working at McDonald's and really wow. starting off right. Uh, they, they really teach you uh, the fundamentals of working, the fundamentals of life, and so I, I owe a lot to that company. Um, but anyway, I guess a little bit about me. I'm 26 years old. I've been singing my entire life, um, and I guess that's really almost what I'm, what I'm known for nowadays. Right, uh, right. I was just... I, yeah, I was just chosen to sing the national anthem at the Kaplan University graduation in a week. I am so proud of you. That is, that is <laughs> wonderful. I've seen your rendition, by the way, of, of the national anthem. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's amazing. <laughs> it's not the first time you've sung it, you know, and 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 it's just so inspirational when when you hear you sing it, you know. So I'm so happy that you're the one that gets to do it. I've been to those graduation ceremonies, and it's always, it you know, it, it's even I sometimes I even think it's more at Kaplan University because. Because as you know, you know we have a lot of students in the military, you know. So yeah. um, it, it, it's always very emotional, you know, when, when you know someone sings the national anthem at at our graduation ceremonies. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of people crying, and 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 you know when they hear your voice, they're just they're gonna love it. So um, you know, I, I I'll have to watch it on video this year, but uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll get to watch the live version through the internet. So that's oh, definitely. Well, yeah, I, I definitely know what you mean. Every time I sing that song, I'm emotional because it. There's so much meaning to it, and especially for the veterans that, you know, we have in the students that have served in the military. It's just, it's an honor to be singing in front of them and even yeah. to be in their presence. So, oh, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Your mom was involved in McDonald's, too, wasn't she, Maureen? Yes, yes. I can go Yeah, maybe that would be interesting because, you know, I know she's yeah. been working with them for some time now, hasn't she? Oh, yes, she has, definitely. And so when people ask me, how long have you worked at McDonald's, I say, Technically and legally, I've been working since I was 16 years old, I guess. But I know I was in the restaurant, I think, when I was about two weeks old. My mom brought me in because she's been in the McDonald's system for 
Um, almost 40 years now. That was her first job. She grew up in New Jersey, um, in Bayonne, New Jersey, and she that was her first job, and she went and got it, and she's just been amazing at it. And obviously she's had incredible success because she worked herself from a crew member to being an owner-operator of two franchises um, in Southern California. So it took her across the country, and she's just, I don't know, she's just been so good at her job and so good at raising children. Uh, I have two siblings, and we're just all, like, we have so much ambition because she really instilled that in us from such an early age. And uh, I learned so much from her, and I learned so much from from her career at McDonald's and listening to her speak about it. It's incredible. It really is. That's fantastic. I didn't realize your mom was from Bayonne, by the way. I mean, it's, it's I have you know I've lived in New Jersey actually most of oh, my really? life, you know, so very familiar with Bayonne and the Bayonne Bridge. Oh, it's, cool. it's such a beautiful bridge. I don't know if you've ever had a chance to see it, but Bayonne in, in the I old days that was quite often, yeah. yeah, that was the place in the old days, you know, where the ships used to come into the docks and everything like that, that's you know. So that's that's fantastic. We're gonna have to have your mom on the show, by the way, too, you know, because oh, I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of us don't know, you know, what it's like to, you know, work within a McDonald's. And, uh, you know, I've been hosting this show, and it's like mm-hmm. approaching like 450 interviews. And I can't yeah. tell you how often McDonald's comes up on the show or McDonald's because it's really, it's probably the most sophisticated franchise system on the planet Earth, you know. I mean, it's a great story how they started and where they are today. And they wouldn't have been able to get that far if it wasn't for Franchising, you know, because now I think they're up to like what thirty three thousand restaurants, or like in a hundred and nineteen different countries. I mean, that's that's yeah. incredible, isn't it? You hear that? It really is. It's amazing. It's something. And then they had this this great contest, you know that that you know you made me familiar with um, the voice of McDonald's. Yeah. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that because I thought that competition was was amazing. It kind of had similarities to like maybe like an American Idol or The Voice or something like that, yeah. which is becoming very popular today. But the competition is pretty intense because if if every employee at McDonald's is eligible to enter, I guess that's like 1.7 million employees yeah. you against. So it is pretty intense, it's- isn't it? Oh gosh, yeah. And when I when I actually auditioned, it was 1.8 million, and I think wow. it's up to 1.9 million at this point. Last time I checked, That's it was incredible. so. Yeah, it is, and so um, I guess yeah. I mean, you you did a really great job. I wish that I had um, the answer when anyone asked me what the voice of McDonald's is. You just summed it up yeah. perfectly. I mean, it's a singing competition for for um all the McDonald's employees really in mm-hmm. the world and um right. we we auditioned I sent in a video and I was chosen I was kind of really surprised when I was chosen cuz I I live in Southern California and that mm-hmm. there's a lot of talent here and I I'm, I'm aware yeah. of that yes. and uh, you know so that was I wasn't expecting anything from it and I think that was the right attitude to go in with um but you know I had already established relationships with a lot of people in the McDonald's system because of my mom, right. because I was already a general manager for three years at that point, and I had wow. won um, the Outstanding Restaurant Manager Award three years in a row. Um, That's amazing. So I'm, I'm very proud of that. It's, it's more That, to me, is kind of more of an accomplishment than, than winning the voice of McDonald's uh, because, you know, it, just, it shows that my hard work, it's not just, you know, being right. able to think, but I've been told that I know how to sing quite well. But uh, being a manager is, uh, especially at a young age, it was really difficult mm-hmm. to to integrate myself in, into that role. And um, yeah. I obviously, I, I was told that I was doing a good job and I, I received recognition for it. So mm-hmm. obviously I was doing a good enough job. And so I was, um, you know, recognized and my I was affirmed that, you know, I was doing a great job and, and it was it was awesome, but um, I guess at that point when I when I won the uh, general the outstanding general manager award, right, um, right. I, and then I heard about the ways of McDonald's, I just submitted in a, a video and uh, I was chosen, and wow. I I guess we went to um, Hollywood to record music videos that the public could vote on, and my community came together uh, like just the biggest support in the world and that also wow. reaffirms the the networking that I have done in the past and just the the importance of doing that as any working mm-hmm. individual whatever position you are if you're a crew member if you're a manager um if you're a CEO it doesn't matter like there's 
you have to network and you, you never know what kind of opportunities are going to arise, what doors are going to open when you talk to people, um, what, you know, you, you just don't know. And the relationships that I've built, uh, what really helped me get to the point that I did and I was chosen to represent the United States and I went to Florida and sang to 25,000 people and it was an incredible experience and so many opportunities have come from that. And I just, I'm so thankful for the support that I received from my community, from my, uh, my working team, from my mom, from my family all together, and, and from McDonald's, obviously. It's, it's wonderful what you just said. I, you know, I'd, I'd love for all of my students to hear what you just said because I've been talking about this for so long now, Maureen, is the, the importance of networking. I mean, it really oh. does work, doesn't it? You know, I mean, you can see how your life's changed. And, and again, you realize that, you know, networking is so important to just meeting mm-hmm. people and making new connections, isn't it? I mean, it's really... Yeah, it's, definitely. That's fantastic. And then, you know, we saw the clip, too, of there's that great clip of you singing with all some, it looked like some of the others from some of the other countries, uh, Nothing's Gonna Stop Me. Um, yeah. Um, that was, I thought that was, and my, by the way, my son loves that song. He's seven years old. You know, and I said, I said, here, you have to listen to this, you know, and he's just, he's like, play it again, daddy, play it again, you know, so now he's kind Aww. of, he's hooked, but it's just, it's such a great song. Is that an original song yeah. for that? It was. Actually, yeah, one of the advertising agents, I think, uh, or one of, yeah, one of the McDonald's, uh, people in the McDonald's system um, has been involved with Voice McDonald's for, I think, about the past 10 years since its, like, its existence. And uh, so she wrote that song, and each of, uh, we all sang the song. like We weren't together, but they kind of spliced the video together and together and made it. And that was all the U.S. contestants. All the, it, it was... So McDonald's U.S. is broken into um, 22 regions, and so wow. the, that was our representatives, and then you know I was chosen out of that group um, to represent the United States. But I thought that song was really cool because that's it's a memory that we can look back on and, and just you know yeah. reminisce about and, and just have forever. It's a motivational song, isn't it? It's very inspirational when you listen to it. You know, it it's just it's got that nice beat. I've never heard this song before, but it's very catchy. I mean, you hear it once and you like it. You know, so um, it, it's really interesting. Who, who's like, who's been like your influences, Maureen? I mean, like, who do you listen to? Uh, you know, when a you're... musical influence? Yeah. Oh well, I mean, I think you already know the answer, but honestly, my biggest musical influence um, has been always will be Michael Jackson. Uh, of course, I respect yeah. him. As an individual and as a as a music writer, I mean, it's not yeah. easy writing music, especially. I mean, I don't like to diss anyone in the like sure. the current music system, but I mean, yeah. I feel like uh, music uh, songwriting as a profession has just degenerated almost, and so wow. I really appreciate music. Uh, like, I guess yeah. older music. That's my. That's what I technically like. I mean, I really, really love the Beatles. I love. Led wow. Zeppelin. I, lo- I, I really yeah, love the yeah. rock band, so like the 60s, and I love the 80s, and um, my mom loves the 70s, so she's kind of like that music sure. out. But, um, but I mean, I have so many musical influences, and, and I do have to keep up on the more popular music of today, because that's mm. what a lot of requests I have as a right. performer. They want the music of today, the, the popular, the hypey songs, and so, you know, I know those, and I like those too. It's just you know, sure. musical influence, it, it comes really from the songwriting and from, you know, I just, Michael Jackson wrote the soundtrack of a lifetime, in my opinion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I really respect him for that. And, I, I, you know, the Beatles are very close back in. That's fantastic. It's amazing, you know, with Michael Jackson, I mean, how it, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are, you know, I mean, even, even my son listening to, you know, something like his, his music, it just, it's timeless, isn't it? I mean, it's just, he, he's one of those people that just able to, you know, it, his voice will really be around forever, won't it, I think, you know, because yeah. he was so magical, wasn't he? Oh, you're like, I have the biggest smile on my face. Yeah, no, he is. I mean, we love Michael Jackson, you know, and, mm. and you know, he's, um, you know, he, he's, we play him in the house, and, and, and it's just, I, I found it fascinating that, that my son at such a young age 
likes his music, you know, you just say, oh, my God, God, if you're 90 years old, right, or, or, or seven years old, you know, yeah. people still loved him. I mean, he was just, he was something else. And, it's, you know, you said something very profound for, for a young person is that, you know, we, we find that too, Maria, is that, you know, the music today is, is not the same as, as it was, you know, mm-hmm. back in your mom's day, you know, or, or my day, you know, yeah. 70s, 80s. It's just there's something different about it. I, I suspect that you get a lot of people asking you, if you're going to try out for the American Idols or The Voice. I mean, oh my what, do you, what do you think of those shows? You probably get that I, question every day, don't you? It's, 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 yes, I ask that way too often, I think. And yeah. I usually have the same answer. I just say, um, I think that those shows are great. I think that they, they definitely serve a purpose. They, they're a great way to just um, to showcase a, a talent, you know, and especially people who haven't been discovered. And I think it's a great venue to do that. But personally, I don't think that I would ever, um, I would ever audition for a show like that. I think that right. the connections that I've made, and the reason why I do it, the reason why I sing, is really not so much for for recognition and for popularity and for people to know my name. It's just right. when I get up on a stage and I start singing and I see faces, that's really just kind of what fuels me. And I don't need to go on a show to validate. My, um, you know, like the reason why I do it. So I, and that's kind of what I, what I tell them. It's like I love the shows. I love watching them. They're they're right, really right. fun to watch. But I don't think I would ever put myself through that because it's pretty it's pretty heart wrenching when you don't you know when you don't get to the point where you want to and and you know it's maybe I don't think it's so much fear. I just don't think I want to put mm-hmm. myself through that. <laughs> No, it's true. And you have, you know, you have your niche in the market now, too. Is I mean, here you are, mm-hmm. one with the McDonald's, which, you know, again, if you think about it, you know, I mean, all the if, if you take all the employees that are eligible to try out for it, you know, mentioning 1.8 million, I think you could probably almost stop right there and say, okay, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's enough. That's almost just as big as anything <laughs> else that's out there. You know, it's 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 just different, you know. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's a wonderful. Uh, Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Need a business loan? Talk to Diamond Financial Services, the experts in franchise financing nationwide. Whether you're looking to start a franchise, acquire an existing franchise, or expand your territory through opening new locations, Diamond Financial stands by your side start to finish. From pre-qualification to packaging and presenting your application to securing a financial commitment and through the loan closing process, Diamond Financial is there. While you're waiting, thousands of others are making their financial dreams come true. Don't wait any longer. Pre-qualify now by completing a confidential, no-obligation financial analysis. Let's face it, traditional banks just aren't in the business of financing small business. At Diamond Financial, we specialize in securing franchise loans from $100,000 to $3 million and equipment leasing up to $150,000. Let us help you get started. Go to www.franchisefunding.net or call 877-508-2274. That's franchisefunding.net, 877-508-2274. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear. Recruiting franchising. You know, Don and I have been hosting franchise interviews now almost six years, if you can imagine, and it's it's amazing to see how far the show's come. You know, we frequently joke around that, you know, when we started the show, we started off with about five listeners. I think it was my mom, Don's wife, my wife, and a couple of you know, friends and family, and that was it. And, you know, to date, we're over 4,000 listeners on a monthly basis between our radio show and our podcast, Great Quotes and Franchising, and, of course, our website, Franchise Interviews. So we've never done this before, but want to thank everyone for making this show such a, a tremendous success. During that time, 
six years of doing the show. We've had some incredible quotes on the show. And if you're a frequent listener to the show, you know what fans Don and I are of the legendary Michael Gerber. And you could take any clip or any segment from an interview we've done with Michael. And it's probably noteworthy of being in the Great Quotes and Franchising podcast. But this, I have to say, is certainly one of my favorites. And I've shared this with my uh, students um, since I've heard uh, this, this great quote. So here we go with the legendary... Michael Gerber. Having people stretch their imagination and to dream even bigger than what they were previously doing. Absolutely. And make it constructive, uh, of course. Yeah, because I'm I'm actually saying that people don't fail because they dream too big. People fail because they dream too small. People fail because they don't rise above where their experience would lead them. People fail because they don't truly begin to dare to um, imagine something that they've never um, actually imagined before. And as I bring people into the dreaming room, as people participate with me, they begin to experience something they have never experienced, or if they had experienced, they'd experienced it years ago, but in some way lost the ability to dream. So it's a remarkable thing. I never would have told you I'd be doing it. But in fact, I see it as the absolutely essential piece to anybody who wants to do anything, uh, let alone buy a franchise. The beginning of that process is to dream. You know, it's really like an awakening. I mean, in life, there's just so much that can just, you know, I guess sort of beat you down a little bit. You know, life's not easy, and there's work, and there's family, and, and um, you know, I guess over time that... Maybe you just don't have the time, or, or, or just forget about something simple like dreaming. So you're really just reintroducing it to people, you know, kind of waking them up again, so to speak. Well, I'm reintroducing the question: What in the hell am I here for? Right. What is my life? And time goes on for all of us, and it's tick tock, tick tock, and time goes on, and I simply become immersed in all of the doing it, doing it, doing it that I've committed myself to. And I never stop to really ask, is this really what I want? Is this really what I want to do? Is this really the entire purpose of my life? Is this really uh, going to give me um, the experience that I truly um, am hungry for, the, the joy that I truly am missing right now? What in the world am I doing with myself? And I'm su- simply suggesting, without asking that question, in a very, very provocative way, people miss the most extraordinary opportunities that they will never see until they begin to ask the question, then who am I? What do I want? Where am I going? And these questions begin to provoke some very, very serious introspection. And that's critical for anybody, anybody who is, as you say, sitting there about to think about going off on their own, about buying a business, about buying a franchise, or about creating a business of their own. Critical, critical, critical. And nobody's talking about it. Right. Absolutely, yeah. So it's, it's a critical element to entrepreneurial success, Michael. All this dreaming, uh, I think you mentioned in the manuscript, it gives you uh, fuel to stay up late and uh, get up early in the morning. Well, that's where the juice comes from. Absolutely. I mean, can you imagine Michael Dell creating... Dell computer. I mean, you think about that. He, you know, he was a he was a college student <laughs> right, um, who began to diddle with this idea, the idea, the big idea, the great idea, the great result, and he created this stunning company, this extraordinary company that does what it does in a way that nobody else imagined it could be done. Taking a commodity, a computer, and turning it into a product, a true invention, the way in which Dell provides customized computers in a standardized process, customized, standardized, an extraordinary idea that rules the world today. And yet you don't hear that expression in most places. And certainly you don't hear it in franchising, customized, standardized. How do you do that? Well, that requires entrepreneurial imagination and verve, and that's what creates absolutely stunning companies. So if you're going to do that, you might as well do something in the business you're about to create that truly transforms the form of the people. 
From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. 